Brewers Daily with Jason Mertides. A back in the win column edition of Flyers Daily. Checking the right wing half wall again. Played it back to the line. Proveroff for the shot. He scores! Ivan Proveroff threw one up the net. James Van Riemsdyk might have gotten a piece of this. Here's Giroux. Back to Proveroff. With Travick out in front of the net. He'll take the shot. Tip. They score! And Van Riemsdyk has his second. Another tip by JVR. His second power play goal of the game. And the Flyers lead 2-0. Giroux gets the goaltender down out of the position. Now they score! Giroux feeds out in front. And Nolan Patrick fired it by. Wedgwood was down and out because of the great move by the captain, Claude Giroux, and Patrick puts it in at a 3-2 Flyers lead. Now a turnover, and Lawton with a backhand rebound, they score! Joel Farabee has it come right to him in front after the save on Lawton, and Farabee gives the Flyers the two-goal cushion to Subban with a drive that was blocked, and Philadelphia able to clear. That's going to the empty net, they score! As Ivan Provorov picks up his third point of the game, and the Flyers are going to leave New Jersey with a win in their pocket. And welcome to another new edition of Flyers Daily for the 27th of January this Wednesday. Flyers coming off a big win over the New Jersey Devils, a game where they were tied headed into the third period, 2-2. Two to two. Three third period goals by the Flyers secure the victory, secure the two points in the standings, and their first road win of the season in a historic night in Flyers history where Flyers captain Claude Giroux became the franchise's all-time leader playing his 611th game as the captain, passing Bob Clark for the most games played in the role in franchise history. He had two assists in the game and was a plus two, uh, drew a couple of penalties by just working hard and moving his feet. The captain was a big catalyst in that win over the New Jersey Devils and will look to be a big catalyst in another game coming up tomorrow night, again, against the Devils. Ivan Provorov in the game, three-point night with a goal and two assists, his fifth career three-point game and first since March 3rd of 2018 in Tampa. The plus two in the game played 27 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time. That's also the 41st time in his career, a game where he averaged more than 27 minutes on the ice. Unbelievable. Hasn't missed a game yet either. Also, Shane Gossespierre made his season debut. He played 21 minutes and 57 seconds, the most he's played in a regular season game since 2019 in November when he played 23-45 at Ottawa. He was also a plus two in the game, three shots on goal, and had two blocks as well. Made some really good uh, zone exit passes as well and stretch passes. That's what he brings to the table. He did a good job of that in the game. We're down a little bit in the third period, but he's had one practice since being out for COVID, being out a couple of weeks after training camp ended a couple of weeks ago. But a good good performance out of Shane Gossespierre and getting back in the lineup and the Flyers get the win. Scott Lawton led the way in the faceoff circle with winning nine of 14 faceoffs and led the team with three hits. And the Flyers outshot the Devils 31-26, to marking the first time this season They've actually outshot their opponent. Power play went two for five and is now clicking at 29.1% on the man advantage so far this season. Oddly enough, 29.1. And it's a small sample size still. That's an absurdly high number, but it's not even in the top five in the NHL. PK is way behind the power play here in the early going. And speaking of the power play, the number one star of the game was James Van Riemsdyk. He had seven shots on goal for the Flyers, and he had uh, two power play goals in the game. He's got four power play goals on the season now, and that ties him for the league lead with John Tavares and Joe Pavelski leading the way on the power play. Was it perfect? No. 
Was it uh, dominant from the opening face-off to the final buzzer? No. The Devils did rescue momentum a couple points in the game, in particular the second half of that second period and early in the first. Uh, but the Flyers came out in the third period, a determined group, and took over in the third period. And what you would deem the Devils probably an inferior opponent, they took care of business and they got the two points. So while it was not perfect, it was definitely a step in the right direction and a building block to start practicing the details of the game with more consistency. Net front, there were players around the blue paint the entire night. Flyers scored so many of their goals down there. James Van Riemsdyk, both tips right on the doorstep. The Joel Farabee goal, crashing the net. The Nolan Patrick goal, three Flyers all down around the blue paint. He gets a great pass from Claude Giroux to get that go-ahead goal, the 3-2 goal at that time. So simplify. I keep talking about it. Simplify, simplify, simplify. But they were much better in their in the D zone and in the neutral zone as well, really clogging up any rushes the Devils had. And then when they had the opportunity to get pucks out uh, for good portions of the game, right out of the zone. Still too many turnovers, yes, and still got a little fumbled on the forecheck a few times. All in all, a step in the right direction. Let's hear from one of the goal scorers right now joining us on Flyers Daily. He had a four-point night on the opening game of the season, and he got an important goal, which turned out to be the game winner in this game tonight. It's number 86, Joel Farabee. Joel, how are you? Ah, pretty good. It was a good team win. Uh, you guys needed a good team win, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we obviously didn't play our best in Boston there, but, uh, you know, we, had, uh, we felt really good coming into tonight, and uh, I thought we played really well all three periods. What has been uh, Elaine Vigneault and the coaching staff's kind of instruction to you guys, things to tighten, kind of in a, not, not really a priority list, but what has what he really focused on in the last couple of days leading into this uh, game against the Devils? Yeah, I think we just uh, we had to stay connected a little bit more. I think, you know, when we were getting chances against in Boston, we were really spread out. So uh, stayed together at five, you know, move, moved in sync, and uh, I think that helped us out in the D zone there, moving, uh, moving into the offensive zone. Every coach wants to fix the D zone first. You guys needed to do some fixing on the offensive zone as well. Uh, what's been the message there? Is it to simplify a little bit, get those bodies around the blue paint? Because you guys provided a lot of traffic around uh, the, the goaltender tonight and really got a lot of those goals from that four to five foot range. Yeah, absolutely. I think in, in Boston, we, we were very perimeter. We, we didn't really get to the inside. So tonight we definitely focused on getting to the net, uh, you know, taking his eyes away and, uh, you know, Reamer had two great tips screening in front, so I think that that was a product of that. And, um, yeah, I think our D played really well on the blue line, just sifting pucks through and letting the forwards go to work. Joel, let's go through the goal. Uh, what did you see on the goal? How did it break down from your point of view on the ice? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good forecheck uh, by our line, I think. You know, Scotty and uh, Oscar turned the puck over, and, uh, you know, I think just uh, great play by Scotty there to, to know on backdoor and throw it off his pad. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really great turnover that led to a goal. I, I talked about this all the time on the podcast, Joel, about POPs, puck on pad, shoot with a purpose. Is that what Scotty did there, put the puck on the pad, knowing he couldn't control the rebound and you were there driving the net? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we were talking about it on the bench. You know, the, that goalie had really big pads, so uh, we knew if we threw some at his feet, he was going to give up some rebounds. And um, you know, that, that was just a great play by Scott. That's yeah, a good read. Um, Shane Gossespierre returned to the lineup tonight. Had some really good stretch passes and on zone exits. Uh, what did you see out of Ghost game tonight in his first action since coming back from COVID? Yeah, I, I honestly thought Ghost played really well. Uh, his legs looked really good, and uh, you know, he made some really good breakout passes and stuff like that. Had a couple of great shots and great chances. So. 
uh, if he keeps it up, he's going to continue to help us. Um, Joel, as a young player in this league, oftentimes you look to the veterans to help you along the way. Claude Giroux uh, became the all-time flyer leader as a captain with 611 games, and he led by example on the ice. He really worked his rear end off in this game, played very well, had a couple of points. Uh, what is Giroux like to you as a leader for this team? Yeah, I mean, he, he's everything. Uh, you know, without him, uh, the, the ship doesn't go anywhere. So um, really proud of him. Uh, you know, he, he's a great leader. He you know, keeps the group connected and, um, you know, I couldn't be more happy for him. It, it's, a, it's a special thing for him. And, uh, you know, we were excited to play tonight uh, for that reason. Yeah, well, you guys went out and got the win. And that's uh, ultimately very important as well. Joel, thanks for doing this. Uh, big win for you guys. You'll be back at it on Thursday. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Joel Farabee for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Big goal for Farabee to give the Flyers that two-goal lead and ultimately went on to a 5-3 victory. Let's get to Lane Vino right now. He had his game after press conference, and here's what he had to say about the night. Kind of a game of momentum switches. Seems like they had it early, you had it, and went back and forth. What did you think was the uh, turning point in the third period? Well, you know, I th- thought that uh, initially, uh, you know, the first little while, the, the difference was uh, Moose and goal. He made some big saves. I think he permitted us to you know, find our game a little bit. And I thought for the, after we scored that power play goal and that end of that first period, and for the first, uh, you know, 12, 13 minutes of the second period, we were real good. We were making plays, we were attacking, uh, we were playing fast, we were checking fast. And then they sort of got that uh, first goal where uh, Provi let up a little bit on it. And, uh, you know, he knew that, it was a social call. He let up on the play. You can't do that. And they, they score and they got a little bit of momentum off that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, it was 2-2. I liked the way we were competing. I liked the way we were playing. And then the third period, you know, we found a way to, to get the job done and uh, take the two points, go home, and come back here on Thursday. talked a lot about even in the wins this season after, the, after those games that, you know, maybe the, the underlying process wasn't, you know, up to necessarily the score that you guys ended with. Did you yeah. feel like tonight was a little bit different? You guys outshot them, looked like you outchanced them on the whole. I thought it, it was like uh, Sam mentioned in his question, it, it was a game of, of momentum swings. Uh, but I, I really liked uh, a big part of our game tonight. Uh, that second period, uh, we had a real strong push. Uh, I think one of the guys in my estimation and uh, tonight, as a matter of fact, he, he broke a, a record for longest serving captain. I thought G uh, competed real hard. He set the tone. That's the type of work ethic that uh, we need. Uh, no, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to need our goaltenders to cover up for some of those mistakes. Uh, but uh, we battled. Um, we found a way to uh, to get the job done in the third. And uh, I think for our group, that's a very positive sign. And uh, we took a step forward, and we need to continue to take a step forward. Hey, Lee. Um, during the 12, 12 minutes or so in the second period when you guys were making that push, how big was it I times the D-men uh, came up and, and joined the attack? And how important is that going forward, too? It's a huge part of it. It's a, it's a, it's a huge part of making pl- uh, plays. And, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, uh, Shane uh, Ghost tonight coming in, uh, one practice, played a strong game. Obviously, he didn't play a perfect game. Uh, but he made some plays, and, uh, you know, I, I like the way uh, he helped us uh, move the puck north-south, how he supported the attack, and uh, we're going to need him to continue to find his game and then to continue to, to support us and contribute the, the way he did tonight. 
is is JVR's value kind of defined by the goals he got tonight? I mean, a couple deflections, you know, kind of easy goals in the sense that, you know, kind of highly skilled plays there just with his hands. Yeah, I mean, easy goals might not be the right def definition. Anybody that wants to go to the front of the net knows that he's going to take some abuse. But in those situations where he did go in and his positioning in front of the net, screening the goaltender, his stick available the way it was, and him having that eye-hand coordination to get those tips, those are big plays. That power play tonight moved the puck, got some great chances, gave us momentum, and that's what we need our power play to do for us. Elaine, was it your intention tonight uh, for Shane? Was it your intention tonight to play him 22 minutes? Um, and the... the uh, the idea of, of all the movement that's going around in your defensive pairing, how challenging is that for those guys? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, as a, a line or a D pair, you like to have continuity. Uh, initially, we had talked about, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, trying to play Ghost around 18 minutes because he hadn't had a lot of ice time. Uh, but uh, his game was good, and he was playing better than a couple of other guys back there. So... Uh, he earned the ice time, and uh, he was out there in key uh, key situations for us. Uh, just how clutch was that Joel Farabee goal, and just what did you like about that line, really getting in on the forecheck? That was it. I mean, getting in on the forecheck, creating that turnover, forcing their Ds into uh, bad playmaking situations, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, that, uh, you know, Joel, uh, since that first game, I think uh, can play a, a lot better, and I'm hoping that that goal is going to help him out a little bit here moving forward. Elaine Vigneault certainly in a much better mood after that game, not just because of the result, but because of the process. We've talked about the process, the process matching the result. Flyers outworked the Devils in the third period in a tie hockey game. They came away with the win. Elaine Vigneault feels good about certain elements of that game that were much better than they were in those two games in Boston. He'll take it. We'll take it and move in the right direction for the Flyers. Let's get to some Twitter questions right now. Haven't done any in a few days, so let's get to a couple here. Dean Tanner says, any concern with the slow starts again? Seems like goaltending keeps them in games early. If not, it leads to a complete breakdown. Uh, even though the Flyers have gotten, even though the Flyers have gotten off the slow starts a few times, the goaltending has held up. Nothing's completely fallen apart early in a game this season for, for the team at all. That's what goaltending's for, though. You know, who's going to come out and grab momentum in the beginning of a game? Tonight it was New Jersey for about the first 8 to 10 minutes. Then the Flyers grabbed it for the last 10 minutes of the first period and the first 10 minutes of the second. And I've said this a thousand times. Uh, hockey is about having momentum, trying to keep momentum. The other team is trying to get it, and once they get it, they're trying not to lose it. That's where you need good goaltending to sustain you when you don't have it. And that's what they got from Brian Elliott again tonight. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Elaine Vigneault decides to go back to Brian Elliott on Thursday, which is what Kieran McVan asks. Let it ride with Moose or put Hart in for the second game of the series? Week off for Carter Hart? It's a good question. And, you know, usually I always have an answer in regards to goaltenders. But this time I don't. I, I'm not sure what to do. Um, I, I, I think there's a case to be made both ways. Get the kid back in there. Get Carter Hart back in there. Let him get right back up on the beam after what was obviously a very frustrating game against Boston, that 6-1 loss. Or do you go, okay, Brian Elliott's playing well, team's playing good in front of him, let's go. You go back again, Moose, and we'll get to we'll get Carter Hart back in there this weekend. I could you can make the case for either way, and I'm not sure which way I'd be leaning if I was making that decision just yet. Uh Drew Dangles tweets in and says, My question to A V 
Well, you're asking me, but I'll try and answer it. Uh, is when will Sam Moran get a game? Now, Sam Moran's been kind of back and forth. These are paper transactions that happen a lot of times on off days. He's lent to the practice squad. He's called back to the practice squad, or he's called up to the active roster. Their moves to, in a way, bank cap for later in the season. Uh, but with that being said, when is Sam Moran going to get into a game? I, it's a really good question. I, I don't think it's imminent unless something catastrophic happens, another injury happens. Uh, I just don't know that that adjustment period from D to wing, coupled with the fact that Sam Moran hasn't played much hockey over the last three years, that he's ready to get into a game just yet. One time that he maybe could get in is if they want to put some size in when they play the Islanders this weekend, because we know how big the Islanders are, how physical they are. And that's an area that the Islanders exposed against the Flyers last year in that playoff. So maybe a possibility there, um, but I tend to doubt it. We'll see what happens. Christian Junta tweets in and says, did Ghost give you enough this game to view him as a mainstay in the lineup? Well, look, it was one game. It was a good game for Ghost. I don't want to minimize it. But as far as the mainstay, you got to see where it goes from here. The good news is that we don't have to make a decision on Ghost or Gus or Robert Haig or Justin Braun, any of those guys, based on this game and a determination is made for the rest of the season. Matchups will dictate who plays. How they're playing will dictate who they plays. Ultimately, the players decide by how they perform. Sometimes it is matchup-based with a big team like, like the Islanders coming in this weekend. That's one where... You, you could look for more size or more physicality, therefore lending to a guy like Robert Haig. You could look for other teams where it's more open, not as physical, and that lends to more Gustafson or Gostaspare. So I'm not looking at it as tonight was any kind of you know stamp to make something permanent for the rest of the season. It'll be determined on how they're playing. Along those same lines, Tommy Watkins says, if you were AV, would you keep Ghost and Provorov together? And who, could, who would you put with Provorov if you'd switch Ghost for someone else? Well, they've played together before. Ghost played his best hockey in the NHL, for the most part, alongside Ivan Provorov. So I would keep that together for now and and obviously monitor it. If you're going to make a change with Phil Myers out, it's probably Travis Sanheim, a little bit of Justin Braun, but I don't think you want to do that too much. So probably uh, Travis Sanheim. It's two left shots, which is an ideal for a right side defender. But losing Phil Myers and a right shot top four D-men wasn't ideal either. All right, the egg tweets, and I love the egg. He says, uh, why are these Hextall draft picks not developing as many of us thought? Not one all-star among them, and it shows. Well, um, I did a little digging on this. Um, Konechny was an all-star last year, and he's tied for the NHL leading goals early this season. Provorov is a legit top-pairing defenseman, 27 minutes of ice time again in, in this Devils game. Uh, hasn't missed an NHL game. He's a minute eater, plays against the top lines night in and night out, and fares just fine. Maybe he hasn't made an all-star team yet. He will. Carter Hart, even though his numbers are crooked right now this season, he'll be fine. He has the potential to be an elite goaltender, and he's already really good. Uh, Nolan Patrick is finally healthy and maybe the most skilled player on the team. Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers, totally legit top four D-men. So maybe there's not the star of stars, you know, superstar in there. But there's some good players in there, so I don't think you want to minimize that. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Thanks to everybody for the questions. Thanks for everybody for listening. If you like this podcast, leave us a rating and review. I would appreciate it if you did, and that'll help other Flyer fans find this Flyers content. In the meantime, everybody have a great day, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. On the car